Welcome to day 36 of Shaped by the Word, season three, the story of the prophets. Uh, we're recording to you live. Of course, this is not live when you're here, but it's live when we are recording it uh, from Denver, Colorado, part of the Acts 29 North American Conference. Uh, we've really enjoyed the conference. We just came from the last session, and we're reminded that a single date night a week will not sustain a relationship, especially if you go to Applebee's. I think that was the lesson of the week uh, that we've learned from the Acts 29 Conference. We started out really beautifully with uh, you know, Tony Morita just talking about the excellency of Christ and the theological clarity uh, that we needed. We were challenged about healthy relationships. We were challenged about uh, the kind of leadership that will lead us into the future. And uh, so we're using kind of a very sensitive recording device. So you're going to be able to hear everything we do, even our hair growing. I uh, will probably yeah, come across on this as you as you hear it. Uh, but we still wanted to read Isaiah with you and to uh, continue uh, through. We're doing a short reading today. We're just um, doing five verses as we go through the prophets during the course of the year. There'll be sections that, you know, they're very short and very poignant. This is one of those. Isaiah has just up and he jumps right into his prophecy. Uh, he doesn't introduce himself. He doesn't introduce his call. Matter of fact, we won't get to his call until we get to chapter six, which will be Monday of next week. Uh, he simply talks about Israel's going through the motions and going through the rituals. There's a line I love there. What is all this trampling of my courts? You just move in and you move out, but you have no sincere love for me and you have no respect for the poor and the weak among you, uh, for those who are marginalized, the least of you. Uh, you have no idea what it means to be a people who reflect my heart and character. So we're reading Isaiah uh, chapter 2. And then before we read Isaiah chapter 2, we do as we always do. We pause and offer this moment to the Lord. So, Cindy, do you mind lifting us up with a word of prayer? I'm Paul here with Cindy and David and uh, Matt. Jesse Keefe is also with us. Uh, she said she's going to say absolutely nothing. So it will be a very deep nothing from it. <laughs> and meaningful on that. So, Jesse, at least say hi. Hello. There you go. <laughs> Cindy. Yes. Father, thank you so much for this time in your word. Um, just ask, Lord, that you would open the eyes of our hearts, Father, that we might see all that you have for us uh, this day. And Father, that um, by the work of your spirit, you would teach us and guide us into truth and um, truth that sometimes is difficult to see about our own hearts. But we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. We've talked to you about how the rhythm of prophecy often moves from a uh, you know, harsh critiques of the people and harsh pronouncements of God's judgment to a vision, you know, of uh, the kind of uh, future and the kind of hope that God would have for us. And so in Isaiah chapter 2, these verses, he pauses after a pronouncement of judgment and he opens up to a vision uh, of the mountain of the Lord. So we begin in verse uh, 1 of chapter 2. This is what Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills, and all the nations will stream to it. Many people will come and say, Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between nations and settle disputes for many peoples. They'll beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into printing hooks. The nation will not take up sword against the nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Come, descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the eyes and let us walk in the light of the Lord. 
You've heard that phrase of swords into plowshares and pruning hooks uh, from Micah. Of course, uh, we've said they're contemporaries, uh, both Micah and uh, Isaiah, in the city of Jerusalem, even though Micah you know, served in both Samaria and in, and in Jerusalem. But here's the vision of what the Lord created us for. Here is the vision of what the Lord has in store for us and the vision of the restoration that will come to Israel uh, after they have gone through a time of rebellion, a time of hardness, and a time of judgment, and a time of exile, as God regathers and rebuilds. And uh, this beautiful vision that he talks about, the mountain of the Lord will be the highest among all the mountains. We're here in Denver, Colorado. There are a lot of high mountains. And if you compare it to uh, Jerusalem, not you know, not very much of a mountain, just kind of a hill, you know, comparatively speaking. But it's exalted language, how the city will be lifted up and exalted uh, by the righteousness of God. I can't help but think of uh, Jesus' interaction with the woman at the well in Samaria and you know, she's asking him, you know, is it on this mountain this or that mountain? mountain. That mountain yeah. And just seeing the anticipation, you know, and really the theology that flows from, you know, this this idea of one day the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established. And Jesus says, you know, mm-hmm. oh man, a day is coming, you'll worship in spirit and truth. And this is the day we look forward to right here. I mean, this is, this is a great passage. I was going to say, when I see the word mountain so so many times there, I even think of the mountain, um, Mount Sinai, when Moses went up to meet with God face to face and receiving mm-hmm. him the law. So it feels like mountain is, is where God hangs out. So. And, and there's no doubt we are going to return to Sinai image, you know, during the course of this week, uh, where the Lord talks about the restoration and his presence with his people. And he will you know, come back to that image of Israel. And it's like, I like this, you know, where everyone will say, come on, let's go and mm-hmm. let's be with the Lord. Let's hear his word. Uh, let's let him teach us his way so that we might walk in his paths. And of course, that's you know the purpose for our podcast and the purpose of every time we open the Word of God is, you know, not simply that we grow in our theological knowledge or our understanding of ancient times or look at the beauty of uh, you know the poetry that we find in Isaiah. The reason we we come to the Lord is so we may see His paths and walk in His ways and experience you know His presence in our hearts and lives. And I love as well, you know, the call to the people of God, it has always kind of been the same, right? That we would go to our Lord, that we would hear his word and in his word that we would respond, not just intellectually or affirming, oh, that's good truth, but that that truth would affect the way we live. And even at the end, you know, come the sentence of Jacob, let us walk, you know, in in the light of the Lord and, and how that's even carried into the New Testament, to First John, you know, talks about, walking in the light as he is in the light and when we do walk in the light we have fellowship with one another and with christ jesus so that that deep fellowship with the people of god and our savior is found in walking in his ways walking in the light and and that's been true from beginning to end in scripture no it's a beautiful invitation uh, if we say we have no sin, we make him out to be a liar, and the truth is not in us. You know, going back to the passage, you know, David was just talking about, but we walk in the light as he is in the light. And, and I love, you know, the order of this. It says we have fellowship with one another. In other words, truth brings us together, but the blood of Jesus, you know, his son will purify us from all unrighteousness. And, and you have that, you know, here. Uh, where it says, you know, come let us go up to the mountain of the Lord. And it says he will judge between nations and, and will settle disputes for many peoples. And, of course, we think about the divided times that we live in. 
And that in and of itself is almost just a relief, you know, to sit in the Lord's presence and to no longer have issues between each other and to have, you know, our, uh, we just came out of the conference, we were talking about mask or no mask or, you know, politics or, you know, whether we're going to have a hard edge or a soft edge, or, you know, all of these, you know, different things. But the time we just sit in utter peace mm-hmm. and, and no, you know, no implements of war. And of course, for us, those implements of war, probably Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're going to eventually be beaten into, but we lay down our weapons and we are experience the peace or the salam or the well-being you know, of God in His presence. Yeah, the very things we take up and hold as weapons will turn into gardening tools. You know, I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. implements, of, yeah. implements, of implements of peace and relational and prosperity. As David has already pointed out, the invitation at the end of this, and we're going to be mostly... You know, this week we, we will have mostly judgment pronouncements as we go through Isaiah. There'll be a, another beautiful, you know, we'll end the week with a beautiful invitation into uh, the vine of Jacob in the vineyard uh, as, as well. Uh, but uh, this is the vision that uh, God is giving his people before he talks very seriously mm-hmm. about the things that have come between he and them. And uh, the invitation, is, as David has already pointed out, come to sins of Jacob, come church. You know, let us walk in the light of the Lord, experience His grace and His presence, because this is His invitation to us. I love that uh, phrase in three, He will teach us His ways. It reminds me of another Isaiah passage where it talks about His ways are not our ways, His thoughts are not our thoughts, as high above the heavens. And yet, He's going to bridge that for us. You know, He's going to teach us His ways so that we can walk in those paths. In in chapter one, come, let us reason together. Mm -hmm. This is what the Lord says. Though your sins be as scarlet, uh, they should be white as snow, they will be crimson, Uh, they'll be like wool. David, do you mind closing us up with a word of prayer? No, let's pray. Father, what a beautiful vision you have here for your people that that we wouldn't walk our path and and do life our way, but that you um, would teach us your ways that we may walk um, your path. And we know it's a a path of light that calls us out of darkness to be your people, to to have fellowship with one another and and with you. So may we be shaped um, so much more um, by your word, by your heart. Um, May you make us into your people for your glory, which always leads to to our flourishing and our joy. We pray this all in the great name of Jesus. Amen.